So, are you DTFX? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Woo! Welcome in to another episode of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football. Uh, as my co-host tries to get his microphone situation figured out, I'm going to kick us off here. You know what? He can hang out in the background for just half a second because we're talking mock drafting tonight. And I know he needs to get his head in the game, and that's what this is really all about. Uh, Dustin, are you there? Are you there with me? Ooh. Uh, I am here, but I am super laggy for some reason. I don't know what's going on. I went to go hit the old button for the uh, the intro, and it just lagged my whole laptop. So um, hopefully it's not a sign of things to come for this evening. <laughs> fair fair enough and, and i don't think it will be uh you know what i'm gonna do though i'm gonna pull up and we are using sleeper by the way for this week's episode like we said we're doing a redraft mock draft we're gonna be using the sleeper platform which to me is the most pleasant uh of all of the uh platforms that we can use so i'm gonna get pulled up here our mock draft board we're gonna kick off one more just before we, uh, you know, get into the the last weekend of drafts, really. If you're not drafting this weekend, you're probably just not drafting. So for those of you who are still waiting uh, to do your drafts, as myself and Dustin are, we have our home league. Our commissioner always waits until Labor Day weekend, uh, as late as humanly possible. We're drafting on Labor Day, in fact, this weekend. So uh, that is going to make us... Uh, I don't know. I guess give us an edge, if you want to say that. It's it's going to give us a little something, I guess. Uh, you know, we're having some injuries happen even late in camp. Of course, cuts happened today as we're recording on Tuesday. A lot of cuts. So a lot of the sleepers for your later rounds have been cut. So those of you who already drafted might uh, kind of be out of luck. You know, with uh, if you were a big fan of Marlon Mack, for example... You now have to be just hoping that Marlon Mack latches on somewhere, as opposed to if you waited this weekend, you wouldn't have to worry about none of that BS. So um, while I wait for Dustin to to get back in here, I'm going to throw up the, the mock draft board. We're not doing any of our typical preludes. We're not doing the drunk trade of the week, unfortunately. We got to dedicate all of our time here to making sure that this uh, this, this mock draft sees itself through fruition. So we've got 14 rounds set up. This is going to be a standard PPR. I shouldn't say standard, but PPR is the new standard. It's going to be a PPR mock draft. One quarterback league. Yes, we are even drafting a kicker and a defense. So we're just going to have to deal with it because that's what most leagues still do. So again, nothing fancy. But we're going to get into this thing for 14 rounds. And we've got some folks joining us. So some listeners already in there. We've got a couple of extra spots, by the way. If anybody who's watching is still interested in joining our little mock draft, I'm going to throw the link out in the comments on YouTube. So head over to YouTube if you are live with us. 
If you want to get involved, we've got three spots left. So uh, hop in. Mr. Scampers, a frequenter of our chat, is in here with us. Says, you can't make me draft a kicker in defense. And that's actually true. And we might talk about that as we get in here a little bit later. So, uh, Dustin, I see you're back officially. I think you just uh, sharing your screen was probably throwing things into the fritz. I don't think um, I don't think that's a little bit better. Sign I'm still a, a tad bit laggy on my end, but your audio is going through fine. So, okay, we'll just All roll right. with it. <laughs> All right, Dustin might not be doing a ton of commentary in this mod draft. We'll we'll no, see yeah. here. Uh, we'll see. Oh, jeez. And he and he's back out. Um, he might join us on his phone. But in any case, look, we're filling up this thing. We've got uh, 10 of our 12 draft spots. Make that 11 of our 12 draft spots already full up. So I don't want to give away uh, too much in the way of preamble, like we said. We just want to get into the nitty-gritty. So um, Dustin, I think, is going to be uh, joining us from his phone later. So we'll we'll deal with that. This is what happens during actual drafts. This is a good... A good preview of what can happen in your draft. Not everything goes perfectly. You have to deal with the madness and chaos sometimes. So that's what we're doing uh, right now. But I'm going to kick this thing off, and we're going to we're going to get into one final mock draft. Am I sure I want to start? You bet I am, sleeper. So I will say I'm drafting out of the uh, six spots, right in the meaty middle of the draft. We have 30 seconds uh, timers going for our draft. We want to get this thing going going fast, like I said. Dustin is bringing up the uh, the tail end. He's, he's bringing up the caboose at the 12 spot. So he gets to be uh, a man of the turn, which will be a lot of fun for him, I'm sure. Uh, I like being in the middle. I'm not going to lie. I know you just have to draft wherever you're slotted. Uh, unless you are in a lucky little league where you get to pick, which is rare. Uh, but maybe if you were the winner last year, you get to pick your, your favorite spot. That's possible. If you are that person, I would highly recommend picking towards the middle. You get to avoid runs a little bit easier. You get to scout on both ends in a snake draft, those before you and after you. Um, but in any case, we are into it. We have six picks, including my own that I just did. We started Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, big-time running back run at the very start, Justin Jefferson at the 104, then Austin Eckler. I felt pretty pleased to be sitting there at the sixth spot, and Cooper Cup's name was still on the board. Cooper Cup, of course, finished drastically as the wide receiver one overall last year. I have no qualms about him being able to do that again this year. In fact, uh, I'm banking on it. He is my number one ranked wide receiver still for this year. Very close with Justin Jefferson. So if it had been the inverse, if Cup had gone at the 104 and uh, Jefferson was staring me in the face at 106, I still would have smashed that one. That was at the point where no running backs were really that interesting to me because there is a big teardrop from the, the top three for me. So. After myself, it went Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, 
Dustin ended up on the clock. Uh, he's he's not live streaming right now. He might be later, but he is live drafting. And he ended up going running back, running back. He took Dalvin Cook at the tail end of the first, and then DeAndre Swift to kick off the second. If you're interested in hearing our opinions about DeAndre Swift, really listen to any of our previous episodes from like the five, the last six weeks because we've we've talked about him. He's probably who we're split on the most on this podcast. Dustin, of course, likes him a lot. That's why he took him at the uh, the second pick there. I'm um uh, lukewarm would be generous. Um, but in any case, then followed up with Alvin Kamara. Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. No! I'm so bummed to see Aaron Jones go. I was absolutely going to smash that one otherwise. So I'm sitting here on the clock, and I have a pretty tough decision to make, I got to say. <sighs> like, I don't love anybody here, but I do think as a value, C.D. Lamb coming in at the 207. I'm, like, I'm happy with that. Uh, th there's a... A guy or two that I actually have ranked above C.D. Lamb that I am projecting to come back around to me. So this is where we talk about listeners not necessarily letting your rankings or ADP dictate everything for you. And there's going to be some ADP differences, right, between who you love and who the ADP or the consensus loves. So just because I have a guy ranked higher than C.D. Lamb doesn't mean I have to draft him here. Because, again, I am confident, based on the ADP, that he'll be coming back around to me. So, in any case, I started Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb. After Lamb, Debo Samuel went, Tyreek Hill, then Javante Williams, running back for the Denver Broncos. I think he's an interesting pick there. I really am a little bit concerned for Javante. And, again, we've talked about him on our podcast before a lot where the splits between him and Melvin Gordon last year, certainly, were not much. There was not much of a golf there. And uh, so I think it's risky to maybe take him here. But, of course, he could pay off massively. Now, after Javante Williams, Mike Evans went. I do love me some Mike Evans, uh, although a little bit concerned about the offensive line in Tampa Bay lately. A little bit concerned about Tom Brady coming back. Uh, kind of unexplained he was, he was absent for quite a bit. Never really said why. <laughs> Comes back. He looks a little slender, I will say. Uh, looks like maybe the, the diet has gone potentially too far. I don't know. Um, but in any case, I have uh, actually two guys that I'd be very, very happy to draft right now. Uh, but I was in a mock draft just last night for the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. And I drafted similarly from the middle. Uh, and I ended up doing probably the same technique that I'm going to do here, which is hammer the shit out of wide receivers. T. Higgins was still on the board at the 306. I've mentioned on this podcast, I've mentioned on the Ball Blast podcast, I've mentioned on literally any podcast or any platform that will allow me that T. Higgins, to me, is a better draft pick than Jamar Chase. Certainly at ADP, I think, but even straight up, I have Higgins just above Chase in my ranking. So if I'm going to get him in the middle of the third round, I'm friggin' stoked for it. Um, but I agree with everything you said, Jake. <laughs> Look at him back. <laughs> he comes triumphantly. Uh, I can't let you do the whole thing by path. yourself. 
I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, Dustin, you are uh, almost on the clock again, so mm -hmm. I won't pick your brain too much here. I'll let you get uh, ready. Um, I'm going to unmute that too. I don't like that countdown sound. But I do think that uh, there's been some really interesting picks that Dustin and I are going to talk about now that we're back on it. But um, he is starting off his draft. Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift. He just took George Kittle in the back of the third mm -hmm. and followed that up with Jalen Waddle. Before yep. we get into everybody else's picks, I got to hear you on the George Kittle one. What were you thinking? Uh, tail end of the third. What do you feel about Kittle? Uh, I was really hoping Pitts was going to fall to me here um, at the end of the third. I thought that would have been um, – I probably would have taken him at the fourth just to say I got him in the fourth round. But, um, yeah, I getting one of those elite tight ends, uh, just trying to see how this build works going into our draft this weekend, you know, starting off with two elite running backs that I think can both finish top five and then what should be a top three to four tight end on top of it. Uh, that should give me a pretty good uh, positional advantage. So we'll see how the rest of the draft shakes out here, though. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to hit a onesie position this early, you want to make sure that it's somebody, mm -hmm. obviously, that you're super confident in. So I I, I don't hate that. I, I was just curious. I will say I was deciding between T. Higgins and Kyle Pitts. It's just you know, my love, my fetishist love for T. Higgins at this point. Oh, don't ever me. apologize for that. I, I just had to do it, but I'm back on the clock now. Starting off with three wide receivers, it, it, it's interesting, and it could work out maybe not great. But I am going to take uh, a running back to stop that. I, I need to start balancing out a little bit here now. Mm -hmm. So I went Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, and Travis Etienne being in the middle of the fourth, I still feel like is screaming value for his upside. Yeah, I think for the upside, getting him in the middle of the fourth is pretty good value. I've been seeing him get pushed up in drafts as we've gotten closer to the start of the year. So mid-fourth is still pretty good value, I feel like. Yeah, and I feel like the running backs who are going around that ADP, they just don't have that. Like, none mm -hmm. of them have that for me. David Montgomery went right after your Waddle pick. Uh, what's up, Scampers, with that Montgomery pick? He's a safe pick. I just don't feel like his upside is there. Same right. with Cam Akers. I'm freaking terrified of drafting Cam Akers. I just won't this year. Josh Jacobs, even Brees Hall. I, Hall probably has that upside if Michael Carter is actually out of the way. But do we think Michael Carter's actually out of the way? I don't know. I don't know. Good question. So I don't, I don't know. I think uh, from some of the chatter I've been hearing on some of the other podcasts I listened to that um, they're saying Michael Carter could be involved. We're not, we're not going to see like a Najee situation from last season, basically, with oh. Reese Hall. Yeah, for sure. I, and what we're hoping is that, well, what you're hoping if you draft Brees at least, is that it's not the Javante-Melvin Gordon split from last year that I was talking about a little bit earlier. Like, that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's scary to be drafting him there. But again, somebody took Javante at the tail end of the second, uh, and that could be even more of the same. So in mm -hmm. that way, you got a discount with Brees Hall, but... There was a big run on running backs, and now I do want to talk about the fact that three quarterbacks have been drafted so far. So Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, both went in the mm -hmm. third, right before your Kittle pick, and then Justin Herbert at the tail end of the fourth. As I look to make my pick, what do you think about even the concept of drafting a quarterback that early? I, I personally won't draft one that early, uh, only because... 
I feel like there's such great upside with some of the later quarterbacks you can take. Um, not to try to give away any of my uh, potential strategy <laughs> here, but I mean, I mean, you can't go wrong. But I feel like you're giving up uh, other advantages with the other positions, uh, getting maybe a stud wide receiver, another really good running back, maybe one of those stud tight ends. Uh, so, so it, it, there's a trade off there. But I, I feel like there are some later quarterbacks that could have one of those amazing uh, kind of outlier seasons that finish, you know, top five. Yeah, I, and that's what you ha- you need if you're going to draft somebody this early. And it's the same for tight end. You need somebody who's going to be such an advantage at the position that it's not really even close to what some mm-hmm. of the mid or late round guys are going to be. I mean, all three of the guys that we mentioned, though, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, could be that. It's just I feel like you do. There's guys that are going to be a little bit later here that have the exact same upside for me. Um, Probably not as safe as floors, but we'll see. Uh, When I was last on the clock, I did take A.J. Dillon. I doubled down on running backs. Part (laughs) of me wanted to wait to see if he would make it back to the middle of the six. I do feel like it's fine to take him here. Um, I would have obviously preferred if he had made it back around. But I'll tell you, in the mock draft I did last night, that did not happen, and I was so sad about it. But I just said, screw it. I, I'm going to make sure I get my dude. Hey, and that's what drafting's all about, especially redraft. You want to just get your guys. Yeah, you can play screw, the dance. You can screw do it. ADP. You want your guy, and it's going to make you happy, then just just do it. Exactly. And you are making me unhappy because you took Adam Thielen with your first pick. <laughs> Who are you taking with your second pick here, Dustin, as the clock? Oh, good Lord. Out? Yeah, um, you got oh, the double. Oh, uh, oh, oh, you're taking the auto pick, or is that you? No, that was me. Okay, at the last second. So Adam I know. Thielen. I forgot I was on the turn. <laughs> <laughs> See, and again, this is what can happen in your actual draft as well. Shit gets crazy. You know, you have a couple of drinks. Maybe uh, you kind of forget some stuff there. But at the last second, so Adam Thielen, I really wish he would have made it back. I would have hit him so hard in the middle of the sixth. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, who I'm a little bit, I don't know, not as intense on. You you firm that uh, your belief that he is he's the one there. It's not him and MBS or him and Sky Moore or whatever. Uh, I'm not firm on that, but as my wide receiver three, I think he's got, there could be terrific upside in that offense. We've seen him be a top wide receiver before I'm not uh, expecting that necessarily, but we've seen it in the past. He's with an elite quarterback. So it's possible. Yeah, it certainly is. And if he is the de facto one, then yeah, like good on you. Cause that's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's going to feel really good. Um, Damian Pierce, six round appearance right before my pick. I mean, the preseason hype has certainly been something. So I shouldn't be shocked. I should not be shocked, but I kind of am that he went in the sixth round. Uh, but, you know, Marlon Mack was cut today. That was mm-hmm. a little bit of a surprise That's for me, news. actually. Yeah, yeah I was uh, thinking that would happen. Um, oh, it didn't let me. Oh, it didn't let me pick. Oh, My app go. is slow. My app is slow. God damn it. Well, I end up with a quarterback and now I'm going to have to And you got and and you know what? It's not a bad auto pick because you have the stack with T Higgins. Yeah. So, you have that going for you. It's certainly not who I would have drafted. Joe Burrow, 
I don't know why my app froze there. That's unfortunate. But I was going to. I'll give you a little heads up because I don't think he's making it back to you. Uh, well, I know he's not making it back to you because if he's at the turn, I'm going to take him in the next <laughs> round. Elijah Moore was who I was really hoping to hit there as my fourth wide receiver. I love his, uh, his upside, uh, even with or without Zach Wilson this year. But said I'm sitting there with Joe Burrow. It's fine. It's fine. I don't. It sounds there's fine. <laughs> so many other quarterbacks I would have taken above him too. I would have drafted Jalen Hurts. I would have drafted Trey Lance. You know, I don't. I'm not in love with Joe Burrow, so that one that one stings for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, in anyways, Chris Godwin went right after me. That's kind of interesting. We don't know for sure how fast of a start he's going to get off to. Any yeah, I thought about Godwin taking him. I, I actually yeah. thought about taking him uh, at, at the turn there after I took Thielen, but. Ultimately, uh, I just wasn't sure about when he's going to get back, and he's he's going to be elite. He's going to be great, but I just, as my third wide receiver, I I want a little bit more security there. Yeah, and if you're going to be going after a guy who's maybe has those early season injury concerns, I almost want somebody that I know for sure is going to be out right away. Mm-hmm. And that way, maybe I can stash him on my IR spot for a couple of weeks. Like Michael Gallup's a pretty good example of that for me. I think I'd mm-hmm. rather do that because we know, well, okay, if he's just not going to start, then you don't start him and you don't have to sit and wait and wonder. And hopefully when he comes back, then it's just like full steam ahead. But yeah, Godwin's interesting. Um, Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray have since gone off the board. I would have taken Kyler Murray over Joe Burrow in a heartbeat as well. So I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm all in my feelings here, Dustin, but I'm going to I'm not going to let this auto pick for me this time. Shan't happen. Don't don't tilt, Jake. Don't tilt. I'm tilting already. The, the, it's, it's already this, happened. This is the perfect opportunity to practice not tilting for the draft this weekend. Oh, I'm going to need a lot of, a lot more practice. All right, I have ten seconds. I could I could do this, <laughs> Dustin. I can do this. This is gross. I don't like this pick, even as the guy who's talked about him more favorably, Amari Cooper. Um, but Amari Cooper in the seventh. I don't know how many wide receivers have gone at this point. He's probably in the 30s, mm-hmm. uh, if not closer to 40. I know the start with Jacoby Brissett is probably not great, but I don't really trust anybody else there. Maybe David Njoku gets some work. Maybe Kareem Hunt gets the dump-offs. I don't know. I feel like that's actually respectable value for him. What yeah, it's not too bad. And as your fourth wide receiver, um, you're also not expecting him to start necessarily for you. He's more of a flex play, which he's going to be a perfectly good bi-week flex play fill-in for you. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) gross. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you do have to kind of consider that at this point. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, though, like roster construction here. So we're seven rounds in. Are you a guy who looks at your starting lineup and says, I want to fill this thing first? I mean, you haven't with the quarterback yet, but that's not even on your roster. No, I don't care about filling out my roster. I'm going for value. I want guys that I think are going to score a lot of points for my team. Um, Yeah, yeah. Interesting strategy. Analysis. I know. More should do that. Um, It's crazy. I know. As you are sitting on the clock here, that's why I'm curious, you know, you have your two running backs, you have three wide receivers, you have your onesie tight end. So now you really get to poke around the value and see, you know, who, who am I kind of in love with? 
Um, and if there's a quarterback that stands out, maybe then you jump all over it, but you did not. Uh, spoiler alert, your your pick here was Alan Lazard. So you now have mm-hmm. a fourth wide receiver. I To me, I liken him a lot to Amari Cooper. And I do think that I don't love him, but it's good value there. And now you have more value as your clock winds down. Um, and okay, Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson, <sighs> running back for the Patriots. Do you feel confident that he's going to actually get a fair share of the work? I think he can. Can? I think he can. Okay. That doesn't sound I mean, very confident, though. I'm not super confident. Uh, uh, this 30 second timer uh, at the turn <laughs> is just really. <laughs> Really was not a great choice. Ah, you don't. You, this is why it pays to uh, pay attention to league settings, by the way. I know. Everybody, I just want to throw that out there. Um, as I'm sitting on the clock here, I am a, in a position where I'm basically going to fill up my, my starting roster, save for my kicker and defense, of course. And this is not intentional. This is just because I'm obsessed with Zach Ertz this year. He's the last in this tier of um, tight ends that I feel really confident about as a weekly starter. At least for those first six weeks, when DeAndre Hopkins is going to be missing due to his, uh, his suspension, it feels like let's start off really hot with with him, where I believe or I know that he's going to be awesome out of the gate. And if he fizzles mm-hmm. after that, I don't care. I'll drop him and I'll stream the position. But I like the idea of the fast start there. Um, you know, guys like Hawkinson, Goddard had gone just before that. Dalton Schultz. I don't know. I'm comfortable with my Zach Ertz love there. Drake London went right after me, though. What do you think about Drake London? You were talking about Kyle Pitts earlier and hoping he fell to you. Drake London, much later. Any confidence? Yeah, I think where you're taking him here, what is this, the eighth round? Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at the other wide receivers that are there, I mean, this is where all the rookies are, are going. You've got Robert Woods, who we love, but coming off the injury. I mean, there's just... There's a lot of question marks in this range for wide receivers, so why not take a shot on a guy that doesn't have uh, for an offense that doesn't have a lot of offense uh, weapons? It's Kyle Pitts and who else? Why not Drake London? I mean, he he could be uh, the beneficiary there of a lot of targets, so not a bad pick. Yeah, I I think right now this is where you have to look at who you've previously drafted and decide how comfortable you are with those players. Like, did I draft a ton of upside with very shaky floors where I really have no clue week to week what's what's going to happen? Because then maybe taking a guy like Drake London is not optimal unless mm-hmm. you really in his floor. You know, maybe then it is, even with the injury concerns for Robert Woods, maybe that's where I might still feel more confident with him. But you have to make that call for yourself, obviously. Dustin, where you currently sit with your team, what's your confidence level right now? I, I loved my start up through uh, the end of the fifth round there. Um, after that, it's, it's gotten a little shaky the last few picks here. I'm not going to lie. I'm, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. You're riding the wave. It's all going to come together. It's all going to come together. I mean, I, I loved my first five rounds. And then, and then Joe Burrow happened to me. Same thing. Stupid goddamn up. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm not, like, I kind of hate it ever since then. I mean, so I'm not tilting, but I just, I'm not, I don't like my decision making. Maybe it's because I haven't drank enough. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that could be it. Well, this is a good calibration point for you to know where you need to be come draft day. You know, this monitor. Is true. Yeah. You know, okay, this is my sweet spot. So when we get there a little early for the live draft, you know, how many do I need to have going into this? How many should I have by round 10? You can really monitor yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I ended up uh, needing still a little bit of just depth at running back. So I ended up taking Melvin Gordon as my RB3. This is that thing. We're I don't talking hate about that Devontae at all. Williams early. Right. What if it's anything close to last year's split? I'm not suggesting it will be. But what if it's mm -hmm. even 40 to Javante Williams, 60% workload? Like, that's mm -hmm. to me a steal. So I will grab him. Robert Woods did go off the board right after me. I was considering him. But again, I just felt much more comfortable with my wide receiver depth than I did my running back depth here. Um, George Pickens. Went after Robert Woods. So George Pickens, rookie for the Steelers. I feel like we're going to see a lot of rookies go off the board in these couple of rounds. And in fact, we have. Mm -hmm. Do you just feel like it's dart throw time with a lot of these guys? Or are you honed in on one particular person for a rookie? No, it's... it's it. As far as rookies go, no. It's just get your guy. If you feel confident that one of these rookies is going to have a good solid season or or maybe break out in the second half of the year or something, you can afford to have them on your bench, just go for it. I mean, this part of the draft, it's it's literally just go, go get your guys. I do agree with that. It's, uh, I don't know, it's an interesting situation to be in here with these guys because like you mentioned, a lot of them could have slow starts. Not everybody's going to be Jamar Chase, obviously, coming out swinging week one like he did last year. So the last couple of rounds, just as a refresher here, we had several rookie wide receivers go. We had Chris Olave. We had Drake London. We had George Pickens. Traylon Burks went in that same round. It's, it's fast and furious. And I think people are now at this point of just like, screw it. Let's, let's mm -hmm. just see. Um, and that's scary for me. So <laughs> more power to them. Dustin, you want to talk about your last couple here? Yeah. So, you know, as I had ample time here to actually try to figure out what picks I wanted being uh, on my long turn back around here. Uh, Naeem Himes, great pass catching running back. Um, he's going to get targets. I'm not too worried about that. And then with Herbert, he's one of my favorite later round running backs to go after because I think he could be involved. And if for some reason the Montgomery gets injured, which God forbid, we never want that, but he's going to step into an RB1 role. And we saw him flash in his limited action last year. So I think he's a, a good handcuff to have uh, to pick up someone else's, you know, handcuff. And I think he's going to I think he could still have a decent role this season. I agree. He's almost not even a pure handcuff. I mean, he's not. Mm -hmm. he, he has that extra utility for you, but you get the bonus of the injury. It's like pretty clear that mm -hmm. he would step into a much larger spot. Not everybody has that. Not everybody is the handcuff that you think they are. So I don't hate that at all. As I'm sitting here, uh, we talked about all the rookies that were going. I went in the complete opposite direction. I took old man Julio Jones in the middle of the 10th round. Um, look, it's just, I will know with Julio Jones exactly what I have come week one. Uh, Julio's not going to take a long time to start, if he's going to mm -hmm. start to be something, even in this new offense. It's him, it's Tom Brady, Brady's talked about 
their connection. It's very yep. easy, obviously, to throw to Julio Jones. So I want the sure thing week one. And like I said, if if he looks washed, truly, if he looks like last year's Julio Jones, it's going to be sayonara, and I'm going to have an open spot for a waiver wire ad. Yep, and in the 10th round, you're not really spending that big a draft capital on them, where it's going to hurt your team. Right, exactly. Th- these are but, all depth pieces. Yep, but at this point, though, we saw what um, Antonio Brown did as the third wide receiver on this team last year. It, I mean, it, I mean, who knows? Maybe Matt Ryan just didn't like throwing touchdowns to Julio, but Tom Brady will. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Tom Brady seems like he's a fan of touchdowns. I got to yeah. say, I've always got that from that guy. <laughs> Uh, you know, a couple of interesting picks after mine. Kenny Gainwell went right after. I've fallen in and out of love with him. It's just, it feels like we haven't gotten a ton of hype. I really thought we'd have more hype on him, given the status of that backfield in Philadelphia. I, I feel like that whole backfield is just a trap this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to believe in uh, Sanders so much, but I just, I think it's a trap. That whole backfield, it's... It, it's it's, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. That. It's going to be Jalen yeah. Hurts running it, or he's going to be passing it to his upgraded wide receiver core. Yeah, that's probably accurate. Um, it kind of it kind of bums me out, but much better to get Gainwell in the tenth than spend up for Miles Sanders in where'd he go? I guess mm-hmm. the eighth. Actually, he's falling quite a bit himself, so that's not as drastic as I thought it was. Uh, here's my homer pick for the night, Dustin. I took Romeo. Hey. Dobbs, I already had mine. Dubs. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, shit. I did AJ Dillon in the fifth, too, didn't I? <laughs> I have a couple. That's fine. You but are again, such a homer. If uh, if I'm going to expend some draft capital on a rookie, it's going to be somebody I'm going to watch right away very intensely Absolutely. to see what the connection looks like with his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. We've been hyping him up, but yeah, I'll admit this is a bit of a homer pick here. Um, as we look towards the last few rounds, because... You have four picks left. I just have the three. We have to start thinking about truly that roster construction now. So uh, I see that you made your decision mm-hmm. with quarterback uh, with Mr. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, sure did. And now adding yeah, some well, wide receiver here, depth. Yep. Yeah, here's the deal. I wanted the stack. I've got Adam Thielen and Delvin Cook. So I, I've got the double stack there with the running back and a wide receiver. So why not take Cousins, who perennially is flirting with that top 12. He's top 12, 13. Like, he's right there. Sounds like they should be passing more in this offense. So, yeah, like give me give me the stacks. Stacks on stacks on stacks. I like that. We've talked in the past about how Kirk Cousins is a great late-round guy. That You're putting mm-hmm. this into practice. Uh, not to hammer this point home too finely, but I would much rather have Kirk Cousins in the 11th than Joe Burrow in the 6th. So, again, mm-hmm. I, this app just has me tilting so hard. And, uh, but and, has, and, yeah. and while, like, there's other quarterbacks I really like, you know, with Stafford and both Trey Lance, both of them, um, even Justin Fields, I just, with, with going for the stack, trying to maximize my points, I was like, this is the right move to make for my squad. Yeah, I get that. I, you know, personally... In terms of just sheer uh, perceptive value, upside, all that, I would rather like 
Trey Lance there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understand that logic completely. Again, the, well, the stack is not and I'll nothing. Be honest. You could have stacked with Kittle, though, if you'd went there. See, and my plan was to draft Ayuk on that next turn coming back. was going to be an Ayuk uh, and then take Trey Lance and draft him really early. But I got sniped <clears throat> a full that's round fair. early, and that's fine. So that's I fair. pivoted. That's what you got Look, to do. I, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, Jacoby Myers as a 12th round pick. I also really like for you. That is just exceptional value. I know he's not mm-hmm. the shiny, flashy thing, but he was solid last year. If you need a solid guy, if you're Absolutely. worried at all about that, again, if you have high upside guys, take somebody with a little bit of safety, which I think he has. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Jake, as we're coming here at the last two picks of our mock draft here, uh, are you going to be drafting a kicker in defense since they are available? Or are you just going to bypass it saying, yeah, if we go the traditional 16 rounds, I'd be drafting a kicker in a defense there. So I'm just going to pass on that. Well, I'll do you one better here. Um, oh. It's not even about it being a 14 rounder versus a 16 rounder or what the bench depth looks like. For this mock draft, in almost every league, save for our weird-ass home league where you have a limited amount of pickups and drops, I'm not drafting either. If I'm going to draft one, it'll be a defense, and I'm just going to start with a defense that I think has a good strength of schedule to start, like a really Mm -hmm. easy-to-see strength of schedule, then fine. But otherwise, I'm going to wait till right before week one to pick them up. I know, obviously, at this point, that's a week. But weird shit happens, and I want to save, you know, some of these guys that I'm looking at that are going to be my last couple of picks, which are going to be mm-hmm. maybe some upside guys. I want as much time as possible to make those decisions about if I can keep that guy or if I can cut that guy. I'm, I'm sorry, I'll stream kickers. I'll stream defenses. But I want mm-hmm. the upside, so... That's my logic for drafting uh, Isaiah Spiller in the 12th and now Raheem Mostert in the 13th. Sony Michelle was cut from the Dolphins. It's now just Chase Edmonds and Raheem, Raheem Mostert. Mostert's the guy who came from this system previously that was used in San Francisco. So, look, here's the thing. Is he going to be healthy week one? I, I think so. Is he going to be healthy beyond that? No idea. But that's why in the 13th round I'm, I'm comfortable drafting him. Now, are you, as you're uh, coming close to your turn, are you going to be drafting a kicker in defense? Um, I'm looking here at what I've got coming up as far as players. Um, I will probably do that just to fill out my roster. Not because, just not seeing anyone I really, not no one that's really jumping off the page right at this this time. So. Uh, and since I have the turn, let's do this. Let's do. We'll do kicker and then defense. A homer pick. Um, but I do think their defense is going to be lights out this year. Yeah, Packers defense. I, I've i mentioned before that I think the reason I'm skeptical of drafting many of their wide receivers is I think it's going to be basically a ball control offense where it's Mm -hmm. like you have such a great defense that you're going to rely on them shutting down controlling the clock and the backfield will get a lot of work and let's be honest jake 
This is the only time I'm going to be able to draft the Green Bay defense because it's going to go probably about <laughs> round 12 in our home league this weekend. So uh, at least so I can true. say I drafted uh, uh, one Packers defense. <laughs> I like that. I, I appreciate that approach, actually. And uh, it does, you know, it makes you sad. But in another way, don't you kind of love it? Because, again, mm-hmm. as as people in your draft make their homer picks, and I'm not saying that I've never done it or Dustin's never done it, but oh, it's a lot yeah, more of our I league is going to be doing it. Yes. Right. But it's like you you can use that to your advantage. So if you know that about your league, mm-hmm. and maybe your league is split up too, maybe not everybody's, you know, <clears throat> like we have a couple, we have a Bears homer, we had a Raiders homer, uh, hardcore <laughs> in our league. It's like, Come if on. you know that about the person, then you can, again, Come exploit on. that. Come on. Bit, so. Come on. I'm a big fan. Oh, oh no, my hurt. running back. Come on. Come on. Come on. That I um, Come on. You know what? Come on. So literally the pick right before mine, and it froze up Come here. On. So I'm going to see if I can get it back. I mean, we're in the last round, so it's not a big deal. But, um, refresh. Eno Benjamin, running back for the Arizona Cardinals, went right before me right before me and i wanted him Oof. pretty bad um but so as a last round pick, any, you know huh i really I mean, as want like a, a late guy, round flyer yeah i want the pass catcher in that role whoever was the chase Edmonds from last year in that offense this year with the cardinals and i think it'll be you know but i went ahead and pivoted i kept the same logic but i said i'm going to take the rookie keontae ingram the same guy there who could be that guy I have a preference, but again, week one, I'll have an idea. And if it's Eno, I'm cutting Ingram. And if not, then I just had a great little pick. So I feel a little bit. All right. We've officially ended the draft, Dustin. So now the all-important review. Um, But based off your gut, how do you feel about your team? I actually um, like my team uh, fairly a lot, uh, considering I went early tight end, uh, which I typically don't do. I'll typically try to hit one of those late round tight ends that I think is going to hit for a big season. Uh, just that that I like I like to spend that draft capital. Like I, I probably would have taken a wide receiver um, at the turn there and, instead of um, Kittle. But uh, overall, I like how my team worked out. I know uh, in the middle rounds there, I had a few picks that I wasn't a huge fan of, and I kind of panicked on uh, just with that 30-second timer. In our home league, I know that, you know, or most home leagues, you don't have timers, so that that shouldn't be an issue where you have to panic to make your pick. But other than that, I felt like I recovered well in the later rounds, uh, and I actually kind of like my team. What about you, Jay? Kind of, kind of like your team is sometimes. I kind of like uh, my team as good as as good as it gets. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, boy, I don't know. I, I said it before. I loved how it started. I absolutely hate how it finished, and I don't know what's going on with Sleeper right now, so it's not showing the whole screen. <laughs> but as I look back, this goddamn thing. Um, I'm gonna refresh one more time. I loved how I loved the start in in from my draft position. And again, I do think it's important to understand where you're drafting from and what the advantages mm-hmm. are to your spot. I found that I'm not going to get a top-tier running back. 
from my perception, like my top literal tier. So why don't I take some wide receivers? And then I'll keep hammering them so I feel confident in my starters. And then hopefully there's some respectable running backs towards the, you know, early mid rounds mm-hmm. that I can feel okay with. And then just build depth. And then just say, all right, I know I have to attack this position. I, for what it's worth, I don't think I did a great job of that <laughs> outside of my first couple of running back picks. Um, I definitely could have been better about acknowledging that weakness mid-draft. Right, the you know what, though? I, I actually so. like your team, Jake. I, I do. I like your team. Uh, starting nice. off with those three stud wide receivers. Uh, you got two two good solid running backs there with ETN. Dylan's going to have a good workload. You got the stack with Burrow. I know you don't like a quarterback that early, but all things considered, that's not bad. Cooper was a good late round pick. Ertz was a good, you know, later kind of mid uh, tier tight end. Gordon, I like there. I mean, that was a good pick uh, later on as your third running back. Um, and then you got a lot of high upside uh, players there later in the draft. So I actually, you know, think your team's pretty solid. Thanks, man. I'll I'll take it. I'll t- I need all the encouragement I can get right now. I'm still it's it's still a post draft tilt. It's it's not even draft time, and I'm still still tilting over it. I will say my favorite pick uh, of yours, just to throw it back to you. Uh, I I love that Adam Thielen pick in the in the end of the fifth. Mm-hmm. Like it's just he's, he's a potential league winner. Truly, and the question I had for you in retrospect. It's how confident do you feel? I did the same thing to a lesser extent. How comfortable do you feel when you have a running back and a wide receiver from the same NFL team on your roster? Do you give much consideration to that at all? Do you care? No, I mean, no, I don't. Uh, especially when it's, you know, you're getting a high end, you know, an elite running back and potentially an elite wide receiver. I don't think that's a big deal. I mean, as long as you're getting them from good offenses, what's there not to like? I mean, good offenses are going to score points. Invest in those teams. You know, uh, it's like if you're to, I was going to say the Bills, but that's not a good team. Uh, They're a good team, just not like running back wide receiver. Like the running back situation is kind of gross. Um, I can't think of one right off the top of my head. I mean, let's say you took Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Would that be right. a situation where you're like, you're comfortable with that? Yeah, because Christian McCaffrey is going to score his points. DJ Moore, you know, he's going to get you 1,200 yards and four touchdowns and be very solid wide receiver. You know what you're going to get. It's not like you're picking, you know, say someone from like the Texans where it's like, oh, I'm taking Brandon Cooks and Damian Pierce as my like my my like bell cow players that I'm I am planting my flag on that are gonna, you know, support my team and I'm using that stack as like my my go to anchor. You know, if, if, as okay, long as you're... That? by the way, we can't I can't let that just be glossed over because the team literally did that in our draft. At the five oh seven they took Brandon Cooks. At the six oh six they took Damian Pierce. That literally happened. So this is a shining example for you of kind of what you would not want to do. In, in your humble opinion. But when you look at, let's see, where the screen is very small and my eyes are not very good. Uh, <laughs> team five, you said? Uh, this was, no, this was Vid13 who took them. They were the seventh team on the draft. Oh, board. seventh team. But they started in round five taking Cooks and then in the sixth round took Pierce. Gotcha. I mean, 
But when you look at they got Chase, they got Aaron Jones, Pitts. Uh, I mean, oh, for they, sure. They, I mean, they, they've got a good solid core to start with. So, I mean, it's not like you're they were overreaching for these players and, and trying to make this happen. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think too much about it. Getting back to your original question. No, I don't think about it. I never worry about buys when I'm drafting because it's like, OK, if I have a bunch of guys on buy one week, that's just one week that it's a loss. As long as it's not like in the playoffs, uh, that would be the only consideration. But if it's any other time, it's like, yeah, I'll take the one loss knowing that every other week my team is going to fucking just kill it, you know? Yeah. And the other, I think the other consideration is like, if you're somebody who takes two quarterbacks or two tight ends, a onesie position, you know, it's not super flex, mm-hmm. it's not whatever. Like, if you're going to do that, then you better make sure those guys don't overlap for a bye week. That's the only thing exactly. that I would say there. Yeah, because otherwise, yeah, absolutely. What, you know, you're kind of doing that to mitigate like bye weeks, and now you're just throwing yourself into a hole. So, mm-hmm. uh, nobody really in this draft, by the way, outside of I think one person, the only auto drafted team that we had, in fact, took two quarterbacks. So that team 10 took Patrick Mahomes and then Russell Wilson, but everybody who was truly drafting with us stuck with the one quarterback. I mean, or that's zero. what I did. Somebody, oh, Scampers did not <laughs> draft a quarterback. That's a bold strategy. Scampers said they were going to. Said can't force me to do it, and they didn't. (laughs) Wait, I thought they said that was for kickers and defense. I didn't think they were talking about a damn quarterback. Oh no! If you go back in the chat, it it says. um, It definitely says that it's it's or a QB or a tight end. So oh, uh, I missed definitely uh, definitely stuck to that guns there. (laughs) <laughs> they did take a tight end, to be fair. Finally, uh, we got him. <laughs> it took Waller in the six. Um, you know, there definitely are bold strategies out there. That's personally not one I would recommend. But I know Scampers did it for the sake of the podcast. Um, you know, I, although maybe they really just have that thing of like, again, before week one, they're going to drop somebody. They're right. going to pick up whatever damn quarterback is out there that they want to stream for the matchup. I mean, think about it, but it. there's what? I mean, quarterbacks, there's what, Justin Fields, Stafford, I think was still out there, um, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, there, there's plenty of quarterbacks that have good upside. Derek Carr is still out there. So, I mean, there's a mm-hmm. number of quarterbacks that didn't get drafted that it's like, yeah, why not load up on some of these late round uh, players that maybe have upside, find out before week one if they make the squad or what kind of involvement they, you know, are going to have. And then if they're not, just drop them. Big deal is, is yep. one of your last round picks. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that strategy. Again, I, I utilized it for kicker and defense. So, yeah, why not use it for quarterback as well? Um, anything, you know, before we kind of wrap this up, is there anything else that stands out in this draft board as either like a big time do or a big time don't for you? Because I will say there's one there's one kind of curiosity here that, Part of me actually really is curious to see how it would play out, which okay. is uh, Team 3 took in the fifth round Marquise Hollywood Brown and mm-hmm. in the seventh round came back around and took DeAndre Hopkins. So here we have two wide receivers from the same team. They didn't stack them with Kyler Murray or anything like that. Maybe they were hoping to, uh, but didn't. Um, I don't know. I mean, we talked about the running back wide receiver. 
What do you feel about DeAndre Hopkins, again, going to be out the first six games, and pairing him with Hollywood Brown? I think where you got Hopkins in the seventh round, I mean, that that kind of value is hard to pass up, uh, especially when you look at guys that went around there. Like, I mean, you took Amari Cooper. Would you rather have Cooper or Hopkins? At the tail end of the season, absolutely Hopkins. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I mean, it could be one thing where Marquise Brown is really solid early, and then Hopkins comes on late, and maybe they're both usable players. You can, you know, every week starters, depending on what that offense looks like. I mean, we don't know. I mean, they were hoping Christian Kirk could be that guy. You know, they brought in AJ Green, who had moments, but whatever, he's old as balls so i you know they, they've been they, they want to have this high fly and four wide receiver set you know running gun type offense well maybe now this could be a thing you got you got hollywood brown on the outside maybe hopkins moves more into the slot role um that he's getting a little bit older here uh and maybe you know it, it it's great for both players yeah, maybe. It, or, or maybe you're riding that wave of the, fir- again, first six weeks. You think mm-hmm. Brown's going to be amazing when Hopkins comes back. If Brown suffers, then now I have his replacement, kind of. Yeah. Uh, it sucks because for Hopkins, because he's suspended, not injured, it's unlikely you can put him into your IR spot. Maybe some leagues will allow that. Mm-hmm. I doubt that most do. So you really do have to just stash him on your bench. Now, this draft was a very short bench. We only had four spots but that was out of necessity more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. But anything else uh, stand out to you? Uh, from what I can see, I, the one that kind of just gives me a little pause, and I've been fading this guy in my head for the last week or so, uh, and that's Mark Andrews uh, going at the tail end of the second. I don't know. Um, I, I'm really having second thoughts about this offense, and. I know his his involvement last year was just due to a big function of there was really no one else. And I know Hollywood Brown was there and he he had a, a good, very good season. But I, I don't know. I like Bateman a lot. Uh, I do think that the running game, they're going to rely more on the running game this year. Kind of get back to what they how the offense was built um, initially to be more of a, a ground and pound. pound and if ground. they have running yeah. backs to do it. I mean, it seems like they're dropping like flies. They had to add Kenyon Drake onto the roster here today as a a late Ah. preseason ad. So that's a little concerning. No, it's not. (laughs) Nobody drafted him, by the way, that I saw. So um, kudos to everybody for keeping your your head above water. But but, I prefer um, Mark Andrews to Travis Kelsey, I will say, especially at that ADP. Like, I'd rather Kelsey went at the 109. I would rather take Andrews at the 212. I, I won't take either of them, so I understand your right. concern. Same. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I Look, this was a good exercise. That's what a mock draft is supposed to be. We're not heading into a season with this this team or these teams. Thank God. Uh, mm-hmm. But we uh, now kind of have some ideas of what not to do. Hopefully our listeners also have some ideas of what not to do. And maybe even what to actually do if we did our jobs right. That's right. All right. We good? Let's let's wrap this thing up. Let's close this thing down and uh, get everybody ready for their actual drafts if they have them left. Yeah, that's right. Anyone that hasn't drafted yet and is going to be drafting this weekend, like Jake and I are, good luck on your drafts. 
make all your sleepers and uh, picks come to fruition here and may your draft board fall exactly how you want. And uh, share with us some of those uh, draft boards. Uh, we want to see them. Uh, we want to see how good you do. I love seeing all the different home league drafts. Uh, people have been posting them, uh, especially this last weekend. Like I was just going, I was just loving everyone I saw. I was just, it was terrific. I, I love seeing how uh, different areas, home leagues, uh, what the homerism goes with their team or with their league mates. So uh, share those with us. We like to see them. Uh, we will post our draft board. How about that? Um, after our draft on Monday, we will we will post that for everyone to see, and uh, we'll be interested to hear your thoughts on it because uh, we'll definitely have thoughts. That's for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll be. Uh, I'm sure this will be a good little healthy competition for us um, that that won't hurt either of our feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As all the negative comments come roaring. That's right. Uh, well, thanks to everybody uh, that joined us in the draft. Uh, we really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, everyone that joined us in the show. Also, the chat was great again. Thank you so much. As always, go find us in all the places on Twitter. You know where to find us. Like, review, YouTube, uh, wherever you find your podcast, yada, yada, yada. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.